we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Northern Power Women podcast. I'm Sam Walker. She is Simone Roche. Every single week we get together and we talk about some of the big stories in business, in life, in career that affects people like you and me, uh, working women and men. And in this crazy world that we're in, man, has it been in very interesting six months that we've been doing the Northern Power Women podcast in this format, right? It has been so interesting. We've talked about so many different things, you know. We always talk about your for your career and your life, but gosh, life has changed, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Now, look, last week, Simone, we were talking about this really interesting story of a businesswoman who is taking an exclusive men-only members club to court. She says under sexual discrimination laws, this should not be something that should be allowed. And we asked a question, didn't we? We put a poll out on the Northern Power Women Twitter at North Power Women saying, well, if we talk about women having safe spaces... Is it only fair that perhaps men should also be allowed to have spaces where it is just for men? Or does that mean that women don't get a seat at that table where decisions are made? What What's to do? What happened? Yes, the results are in uh, to a men's only club in London is being challenged in the High Court. Should single sex spaces be part of society in 2020? 58.7% said at times safe spaces work. 23.1% said definitely not. And 18.2% said yes, they should. Mm. Interesting, right? Yeah, and it's interesting that people are talking about safe spaces for men because historically, has it been something that men have asked for? I mean, absolutely, we can all understand why women and perhaps people of, of other groups who have historically been repressed do want those safe spaces. You know, men generally haven't historically been seen as as being a repressed group. But I do really remember a, an old boss of mine at the BBC coming to um, a big meeting once and it was kind of a it was a women in audio meeting but he turned up uh, as a speaker and he was the only man in the room quite often men did come to those meetings but at that time he was the only man in the room and I remember him coming up to my friend afterwards and saying everyone's been great everyone's been really welcoming whoa that has really taught me a lesson tonight being the only man at the table that feels weird. You feel other. And I never considered why women found that a problem when they were the only person of that gender at the table. And I thought, hmm, that's really interesting to hear. And I want to give a bit of a shout out because we've got a, a bit of conversation going as well. Uh, and we've got a real gender split in the in the uh, in responses. So we had uh, Men's Shed MCR is one of many Men's Sheds UK wide who creates safe spaces for men. Huh. Why safe spaces for men? Many reasons, not least suicide is the biggest killer of young men in Britain. And I think we talked about that last week. Yeah. And then and then he went on to said, elected experiences, sports or members clubs, no way. So I thought that was really interesting. So thank you, 
at Salise for sharing that with us on Twitter. That's really great to hear that. And I think it is just all about discourse and conversation, isn't it? And I think quite often people have knee-jerk reactions to questions like that and go, no, 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 no. And actually, well, we're never going to get anywhere unless we actually have open and honest conversations about so many issues that are facing us in society. So that is terrific. Now, I know that you, Simone, you're speaking on a panel this coming Thursday, and it's about skills in a post-COVID world. That's really interesting. Tell me more. Yeah, it's called the She Has No Limits conference. It's a virtual conference. And I love the fact that it's been set up by a collective of, of women in business just trying to engage and have great conversations over over this COVID world. So they've set, uh, you know, got some great keynote speakers. And they've got Sophie Walker. Uh, she used to be the Women's Equality Party. And now she's the Young Women's Trust. Um, and the panel I've been on is been set around this post-COVID world and, and the world of work. So we put a poll out. We are we are a bit poll obsessive. Love a poll. It's great. I love it. But we, so we asked the question, what do you think will prove to be the most value in a post-pandemic world? And we had soft skills, qualifications, a strong network and versatility. What do you think came out top? Say them again. Soft skills. Mm. Qualifications. Yeah. Strong network mm. and versatility. I'm saying versatility, number one. Versatility all the way, 55.9%. Yeah. Tell me what you think was the lowest. <sighs> Soft skills, I'm guessing. I would have thought network's really important. Go on. By a country mile um, ed- ed- qualification <gasps> oh, at 2.1%. Yes, <gasps> Do you know what? I That's, know. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but it's crazy, isn't it? Because you think of all of the drama that we talked about only two, three weeks ago about the the exam results, and yet it's two point one percent is seen, mm. you know. But yes, strong network under there up there is um, number two, twenty six percent, and soft skills at fifteen point five. So, re- yeah, really interesting. I, I thought that was. So I'm looking forward to having that debate with our stellar panel this Thursday. She has no limits. Please come on, join along. That sounds really good. Well, we can talk about that next week, about some more of the discussions that that took place, because we are all navigating the unknown right now. I, I found I read some really interesting articles this week about COVID and and really how it had affected women's careers. And there was one really encouraging article I read about um lockdown being a quote blessing in disguise for some women. Because in fact, there's been a growing number of women who've been spurred on to start their own businesses because of lockdown. I was reading the example of this one woman called Vivian from Wales, and she was supported by a, a Welsh women's business network on this. But she'd been dreaming about starting her business for years. She's got young children. It was impossible. She couldn't afford to take the time off that it would take to set the business up because of all her childcare costs. When she was forced to stay at home because there was no childcare available, she actually found that it gave her the freedom along with the money that she was saving by not paying childcare, to take that plunge. So she's actually set up her own business whilst working from home, has now actually um, left her job and just moved into this space of, of setting up on her own, which I think is really fantastic because it's um, she's she wanted to run a catering company and the money she saved essentially by not paying for her childcare meant that she could buy a static van in order to, to cook the food and serve the food that she wanted to do. So I thought that was really, really interesting. And Business in Focus, which is this, this uh, women's business group, said that they'd actually seen a massive increase in women coming in to them for business advice 
in August compared to the same month last year, which, okay, you think, well, more people were maybe on holiday last August, but still, they've clearly seen that that big spike in women going, do you know what? I can make this happen. And so, yeah, we're always looking for silver linings, aren't we? Oh, absolutely. We've got to look at the positives. This has been so, so challenging in so many, many reasons. And I think childcare has been one of the 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 key topic items that's mentioned time and time again. And and if you are um in a if you have a family that has key workers um as as part of your mix, those previously those key workers children were looked after in bubbles in schools. But if that bubble has been sent home from school, how is that even possible now? So I think this is this is a, there's a real challenge. You can see why this spike is happening. You can see why people are going. You know what? I'm, I'm I, I need to rethink how because I want to work and childcare is is not a privilege. Mm. It's it's an ability to 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 you know we need childcare to be able to allow both parties in the relationship to be able to go out to work to boost the economy, to uh, to look after their families, et cetera, et cetera. So be really great to see the driving, the growing and thriving of these businesses. Um, so yeah, tell us your story. If you've set up um, a COVID business or a business over COVID, shall we say, please let us know because we want to shout about your success and let's high five it. Love to hear those stories. Please, please do get in touch because we will. We'll give you a shout out, which means your business will also get mentioned to loads of people. So we really would love to hear from you. Podcast at northernpowerwomen.com is where you can send us an email. That'd be ace. Interesting you talk about childcare there in terms of, you know, it being this necessity for so, so many people. And, you know, after we've had that nice positive story about how lockdown has, has really aided some women in their mission to start their own business up, there's also a real challenge that's coming for so many female business workers. The Harvard Business Review actually published a really interesting article this week talking about uh, gender equality and the challenge that gender equality is going to face once people start returning to offices because actually they've they've done a lot of analysis on this and they found that it, that women's jobs are, are more vulnerable to this crisis than men's jobs that's the bottom line of what they found here nearly twice as vulnerable as men's jobs is their findings women make up 39% of global employment but account for 54% of overall job losses from uh, May this year now Unfortunately, this also means that because the burden of unpaid care, which has risen in the pandemic, falls disproportionately on women, you can understand why they they found these figures. Now, the issue is, is that as people are returning into the office, as The Guardian reported this week, it's risking, they say, a return to white middle-aged males making important decisions in the office because women and people from ethnic minorities are excluded at home this is one of the UK senior business leaders who's brought this one up, Anne Frank. She was saying that essentially that without careful oversight, she says blended working is going to result in a two-tier system where women without sufficient childcare to return to the office are just left out of those key positions. You know, the TUC's done a big poll on this, saying that two in five mothers don't have the childcare they need. And as you're returning to the office, guess who's going to do that childcare? Guess, you know, it's again, we're falling back into these gender stereotypes and you know, this is the issue now. Those senior leaders, largely white men, are the ones that are going to be back in the office. So I think, you know, we don't have to run around screaming in fear about this, but it's something, again, 
just to have a conversation about and be mindful of and maybe if where you work if you've noticed this if you've gone hmm yeah I'm being challenged to get back into the office how can we work out ways where you can virtually have a seat at that table at all times that's going to be really tough it's really hard to be in present in the office in a virtual way but yeah all those kind of decisions that are being made the conversations that are being had in person how can we make sure that women who have caring responsibilities aren't left out of those but but look at the conversations look at what's happened over the last six months anyway it proves that virtual working can work Mm. um and look at the amount of decisions that have been made over the last six months by smes uh, multinational businesses, um, scaling businesses, it, it is possible. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had quite a number of um, face-to-face meetings last week, which was which was fantastic. And I forgot what it was like to run between meetings, not to be late for the next one and get your text set up, <laughs> whatever it may be in, in between. Um, but I, I think we've there has to be a way. In fact, it was it was interesting. We've we've got a report coming out next week, our, our leveling up report, and we've mm. been talking to Dame Julie. Kenny, who is kindly writing our foreword. She's been, yeah, I mean, she's been very much part of these power circles. She said, Simone, what was great for me was how many different people we had on the power circles this time because they were able to get there, because they had the the flexibility to get in, you know, into the the virtual room. So we've, you know, so, and and that was one of the things that she, she talked about was, you know, we need to make sure that we still have those virtual meetings, even when we are back in offices as well, because we want to, it's about levelling up people to be part of the discussion, to be at the table, isn't it? Mm, yeah, 100%. It's always going to be a challenge when you've got 50% of people in the room and 50% of people outside the room, though, because even if, say, there's a board meeting or a major a major decision that's going on, yes, you can zoom into that. But as I said, it's those it's those chit chats around the table, isn't it? It's those, hey, I've just had an idea moments where that's when it's hard to get back into the loop. But, you know, we're aware of this. We just need to keep making sure that all of these things are constantly, <laughs> just because we need more on our plate, but, you know, are in our minds to, hey, let's not make sure we fall through the cracks there. No, and you're right. And it's interestingly, um, I had an experience last week where I don't think would have happened around a table, which mm. felt very much like a shouting down slash mansplaining kind of incidents. I'll tell you more offline. Um, (laughs) Very much, I don't believe that would have happened um, around a table. I felt like it was a really different experience. And I think that's another, there's another sort of side of that. So, but yes, I'll catch you up on that. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'll get myself a large stiff drink before we do that one. (laughs) Right, let's get some life lessons going on, please. We're going to hear from an aerospace engineer this week, just saying. Brilliant. I know we have some amazingly talented uh, humans in our Northern Power Women Collective, don't we? Um, we have Christina Pearson Rampiase, who one of this year's Futurist, um, so talented, and I've, I've really enjoyed her honest life lessons this week. Here's Christina. My name is Christina Pearson Rampiari, and I am a flight systems engineer. What's one piece of advice that has really stuck with you? Uh, One piece of advice that's really stuck with me is to network. I didn't do it early on in my career because of my lack of confidence and I wish that I had. I began networking last year and now I have a brilliant network of supportive women who I can turn to for advice and I'm a firm believer in the quote, we rise by lifting others. When have you faced imposter syndrome and what did you do about it? 
I tend to suffer from imposter syndrome when I know attention will be on me. I'm working on becoming more confident and pushing myself to take part in activities that I never thought I could do. And when I succeed, I've proven to myself that I, I can do this type of activity again. And if I fail, then it'll be a learning experience. Um, I am where I am because of the hard work that I've put in and that is what I have to remind myself. What would you tell the 25-year-old you about work-life balance? I would say it's possible to have a good work-life balance, but it does take work. Staying organised by planning ahead helps. I'm lucky to be able to work part-time since returning to work following maternity leave, which does make it easier, but it is easy to slip into patterns of I'll just work a little bit later and then find it becomes the norm. So I have to take stock every now and then and make sure that I keep my priorities in check. And I find that will of life and reflection techniques are really helpful for this. What difference did having a mentor make to you? Having a mentor for guidance and support was very important to me when I was applying for my professional registration as an engineer. We knew what my goals were and my mentor supported me in achieving that goal. I would highly recommend finding a mentor no matter what stage of career you're in. Do you regret not taking a risk? Why didn't you? As I mentioned earlier, I regret not networking and putting myself out there when I was younger, especially when I think that I could have done so much more. I suffered from a lack of confidence and I was very shy. But becoming a mother has definitely given me more confidence now and the more activities that I take part in or different experiences that I get now are helping me grow as a person. Thank you so much, Christina, for those life lessons. I absolutely love how honest you were during those talking so openly about your lack of confidence about your imposter syndrome that we sometimes don't want to show that vulnerability right because we think that 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 leaves us open to criticism so all power to you for doing that it's really inspired me do you know what i loved simone was how christina talked about the fact that actually what really helped improve her confidence becoming a mother and i say that because quite often we think how can i fix what's happening at work and sometimes it's something that happens outside of work that can give you that that you know great boost to your career so that's why it's so important is it that we do have full lives outside of work which sometimes we forget to do um because that it all helps it does and i think there was a real great example of being her whole self and being her real self um so i think that's you know i think that was brilliant and really came across and you know she's a a young woman and i've seen her profile raise on social media over the over the last month she started making these i am an engineer badges yes um and you know i love that because she wants to she wants people out there to be proud and go this is who i am so i think that is all part of being your authentic self follow her on twitter if you just look in the show notes for this episode you will see a link through to her social media account so do get in touch and follow her there and of course we want to hear from you your life lessons really important just send us an email podcast at northernpowerwomen.com we'll tell you what to do it's dead easy and we'd love to hear from you smashing 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 uh, right look before we head off into the sunset um i just wanted to share a really nice little video i watched this week about teenage entrepreneurs now the snarky bit of me is like oh stop being so precocious how can you be so talented <laughs> when you're so young i was just listening to duran duran and painting with toenails at your age oh my gosh um but i loved this and there were two boys actually zach and jez teenage entrepreneurs and they shared their top business tips and it's sometimes out of the mouth of babes isn't it and do you know what there was nothing that they said 
that was a surprise. There was nothing that they said, oh, I hadn't thought of that. But it was more a, a, a great reminder of how we all just need to go back to basics sometimes and remember why we're doing this. You know, network, they said. And, they, you know, a couple of, one of the boys said, oh, I wish I'd known how important network holes when I, you know, when I started when I was 15. Uh, now, now I'm 17, I'm aware of that. And I thought, you know, and Christina talked about that. And sometimes not having the confidence to network is, is a big issue. But network, network, network is so, so important to you. I loved, they, they also said their next tip was be flexible which again, as we've learned, and you were talking earlier on about the poll you did about these post-COVID skills, being flexible is just so, so important. Keep learning. Loved it. Just really basic, but absolutely, let's not forget to keep learning. And the final one, and this is so out of the mouth of babes, and goodness me, how much do we forget this? Do what you love. Just do what you love. This is, we spend so much time at work and thinking about work and interacting with work. Let's make sure we love it, eh? And if you don't love it, you might not be able to change tomorrow, but you can change. You can change your life. It takes time and it's scary, but there's really no point being stuck in something you hate. Absolutely. And uh, last week I had a great conversation with a lady called Sharon Davis, who's the chief exec of uh, Young Enterprise. Mm. And again, on that vibe um, and some of the things that they've had to um, switch over to um, over COVID is to to really create some of these great environments for young entrepreneurs to thrive. So I think it's, I think it's fantastic. And I, I couldn't agree with those top tips. You know, it's I've never, never too early to start building your network. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, the only thing I would add on to that is invest in it. Invest in it as you go. Um, Alex Cousins, just as a quick, and Alex Cousins, who was on our very first life lessons yeah. when we switched over to this format, she got made redundant recently. She did, and yeah, and we talked about the COVID change makers, and she's got some some great opportunities coming through the, um, at the moment. And she she we talked over the weekend, and she talked about it is the power of the network that's brought brought that to be. Um, so take it take it from our uh, teenage entrepreneurs, take it from Alex Cousins, take it from us network network and just keep building on it because you know what they're there you know that's that's what it's there you you invest in it and it it comes back in spades well look at you Simone Roche I mean I was terrible at networking I never did any of it I also thought I didn't have time to go out and network and then one day this woman started messaging me on social media about some northern power women and I thought all right I'll go and meet her for a coffee at this train station in Manchester at Piccadilly and look where we are now <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> happy days brilliant stuff well look thank you so much for listening Uh, this is the northern power women podcast you know what we're gonna say the next episode is coming your way on monday the 28th of september until then i'm sam walker she's simone roche and the northern power women podcast is a what goes on media production (laughs) 